You've tuned in to the Art of Money Saving podcast. My name is Joshua and this is the place where you can come on Wednesdays to hear inspiring financial stories from everyday normal people just like you and just like me. So it's the first episode of 2023. A very happy new year to you. Hope you had a great Christmas. And yeah, we're already in January. Hard to believe. Lots of podcasts are speaking about New Year's resolutions. I have a, an interesting relationship with New Year's resolutions, and not an entirely good one. However, in this episode, I've got a list of sorts. Some of them are things to consider for the future, actions to take. Some of them are habits that I've already established. And I hope that from this list, there will at least be one thing that you can take away, perhaps a, a gentle encouragement or a kick at the backside to get something started. So, without further ado, let's start this week's episode. So, some things on this list are going to be a little bit silly, and of course, number one is a, is a silly one. It's a frugal one, but it's also an important one as well. So, number one on the list is bulk buying, and I've got bulk buying toilet roll, because that is something that I genuinely do. The cost of loo roll, let's call it, let's be polite, loo roll has become so much more expensive with inflation. And even before the pandemic, I was bulk buying toilet roll because it was much cheaper that way. The only problem is, of course, you have to store it somewhere. And in our little apartment in London, there's not a huge amount of of space. But if I look back to my email from 2018, I used to order my loo roll from Groupon. I can see that difference in inflation and it's substantial. Now, Why do I do this? Well, inevitably, you're going to get caught out if you don't have some on at hand. We've got a a cost cutter, a corner store around the around the corner, (laughs) a corner store around the corner. And look, I haven't been there for years because everything is severely overpriced. So I want to be prepared. And that's where the, the bulk buying comes in. Now, unfortunately, let's let's dive into the into the details of toilet roll, the glam. I used to be on four ply. Four ply was wonderful back in the days of pre-inflation or pre-severe inflation. Four ply, and then in 2020, during the pandemic, I had to reduce myself to to three ply, and now I'm down to two ply, and I'm not particularly enjoying it, but needs must and. I realised that I could keep costs really, really low. I think I'm on about 22p a loo roll. If anyone can beat that, please let me know. I think we've got like another 100 rolls to get through of this uh, particular order. So uh, a while to go on, on that front. But look, there's, on a serious note, there are loads of things that you can bulk buy to save on costs. And I know sometimes... My my frugal brain doesn't necessarily like that. So if there's a good deal in the supermarket on laundry detergent or something like that or shampoos, it can, if that's something that you're going to use, most importantly, it can be a good idea to, to pick it up there and then you've got it at the house and you're you're making a saving. So that's something I'm going to continue to do in 2023. And I hope that's helpful. Let's move on to... Point number two. So I'm going to be going on a very, very long work trip two months away from home and it's going to be in Sweden. Now, 
Sweden. I, I've only visited for one day, but I've visited Iceland and Norway previously, those other Scandi countries, and they are really expensive. So Irina suggested something quite helpful, which I think we're going to do, which is to send a, a little love package from Lithuania, where my wife's parents are from, to Sweden. Now, as mentioned before on the podcast, my wife's parents are fantastic at growing things in the garden. They pickle things and they put things in jars. And we thought it could be a really nice idea to take all those lovely vegetables from the garden that are ready to ready to go. They're absolutely delicious. Send them over to Sweden in a box, which should not be too expensive, hopefully, and and, and have them there and have them in the cupboard and it would save us a fair amount of money. Just looking, have a look at the cost of living in Sweden. It's not as high as Iceland and Norway, which is which is great. But I don't know about, about you guys. It maybe seems like a lot of work, but the food is really tasty. And Irina brought some some little jars over when she was last with me in Germany, and I I love that. It's just it was just lovely. So that's a, another way of saving money that I'm going to experience. Number three is I'm going to continue to use the app Vinted. It's becoming more and more popular than eBay, for example, and I found so many gems on Vinted shopping secondhand. I know Arena sells a load of things on Vinted herself, so it's becoming really popular. That means there's a great choice of things on there. And... As I explained in the podcast in 2022, Irina got a brand new coat off Vinted that she was going to pay about £100 more in the shop for, so it's always worth just checking on Vinted and seeing seeing what's going on there. Number four. Now, this is one that is on the list for me to look into, and I, I, I really I need to do this, and I need to sit down, plan it, because it is extremely simple, but you need to actually... To sit down and do it. And it's bank switching, right? Okay, so the idea being that if you sign up to a particular bank, you can get a 150 or 200 pound bonus. But you've got to have a bank account that's you're able to, to, to use to do that. So maybe you need to sign up for the particular bank account, but you also need a bank account where the, the direct debit's going to come out of. And I just don't have, I have loads of bank accounts that I don't use anymore, but don't have online access. So I need to figure out which bank account am I going to use for switching? How many direct debits do I need to set up in that account? Where is the money going to come from? It's just a little bit pernickety. And it's not the hardest thing in the world, but the the nature of it, just being pernickety, has made me not take on that task so far. And I think that's that that's a travesty, really, because there's two of us in the household. If I can get two hundred and Arena can get two hundred, then that's ten, actually quite a lot of money. And if you can do that numerous times in the in the year or even once a year, it's a fair chunk of money. So not to be snuffed at, but even as a as a keen money saver and investor, I just haven't sat down and and done it. So that's one on my list, and I'll get onto it later, but. The the raise in inflation has meant that finances have become a little bit pernickety again with savings rates and things like that. So I don't always enjoy that. As much as I love making the podcast, sometimes sitting down and do the admin is hard. So if you're in the same position, find a time. 
two, three hours, however long it takes, probably not that long. Sit down and do it. Moving on to number five, and it's intermittent fasting. I think I did an episode on this way, way back on the early days of the podcast, which was no doubt awful. But look, intermittent fasting isn't for everyone. Let me just put that disclaimer out there. And if you're someone that struggles with eating disorders or anything like that, or diet culture, then just skip on a minute or two and I won't take offence, okay? <laughs> but for those of you have who are left here, I found intermittent fasting to be a really great tool. So intermittent fasting, oh, it's actually quite difficult to say, being periods of time where you don't eat. So think of the word breakfast, breaking your fast, literally. And uh, that implies that you're you spend a period of time, i.e. when you're sleeping, not eating. And I have just found that to be helpful for my health and also certainly helpful for my my budget. So as I see the prices go up in, in the supermarket, as I toy with intermittent fasting, not toying with it, it's part of my lifestyle for many years now, but I go through different cycles. I might do 16 hours, I might do 18 hours of fasting, 24 hours of fasting, or beyond. I like to do alternate day fasting, which is eating one day, fasting the next. And I'm I'm pretty sure that th- there has to be a decrease in, in the consumption of, of food, which in turn must save a little bit of money. Now, if you're new to this concept of intermittent fasting, I know this is not entirely money-related, but there's some great resources out there. There is Dr. Jason Fung, who is a Canadian liver specialist who does some fantastic YouTube videos. He was he just breaks it down in a really great way. There are books by Jin Stevens that really break down the do's and don'ts of intermittent fasting, what the benefits are. Fast Feast Repeat, I think, is the is the main go-to book, and the most modern one. The reason I think I put intermittent fasting on the list was because at this time of year, you know, five, five, six years ago, I was always looking for that, that next diet, that next supplement, that next regime, uh, slimming clubs, etc., etc., and all of that cost money. And Dr. Jason Fung taps, taps into this really well, and he says fasting is the most frugal and inexpensive way to look after your health that you may have and it, it's incredible because it is the the absence of, of food is it is incredibly frugal and that could be something that you could build into your routine could save you a little bit of money another fantastic fasting podcast is called the fasting highway which features graham curry who had a, a fantastic journey with intermittent fasting, has kept the weight off for four or five years. So that's it. I have a lot to say on that, but I'm going to keep it short because I want to keep moving. Number six, shaving razors. I was in Lithuania visiting Irina's parents and I saw that her dad was using Gillette shaving razors, not a company that I love Gillette anymore, but anyway... Um, and I looked in the shop to see how much those razors are. Man, they are expensive. They're really, in the, in the UK as well, they set you back a lot. So about a year ago, I switched to Aldi razors and my, my skin was a little bit sensitive to them in the first instance. But after that, 
got super used to it. I know the the frugal of the frugal menu will talk about those single single blades razors just um I can't remember what you call them safety razors whatever they're called cause havoc on my skin and I always cut myself doing them so I'm someone that needs a a four or five blade razor just to <laughs> just so my skin doesn't get mangled but Aldi razor super cheap I think you can get four for about four pounds fifty a little bit more for the actual entire razor part but I think it's worth making the shift. I shifted from Gillette to Dollar Club Shave, Dollar Shave Club, sorry, uh, a few years ago, and they racked up their prices really quite high. So switched to Aldi, been happy ever since. That would be my recommendation. Number seven, moving forward, setting a goal for myself. And I think setting a goal, certainly saying it out loud, certainly helps you more to achieving that goal. And I would like to, in the tax year 2023-24, to fulfill my ISA allowance for the next year. That's £20,000. Now, £20,000 is a heck of a lot of money for most people in the UK, certainly people on the average salary. So you're going to need to be inventive (laughs) about additional income, your expenses. It's its not an easy thing. So I, I, I first of all say that. But having that goal makes you think, how am I going to get there? How am I going to achieve it? Why is that something that's important to me? Well, first of all, when it comes to investing, your contributions should do the heavy lifting. And that is a very important part. Yes, we need to think about the investment turn, returns and the fees, but our contributions are the main thing. The earlier we get that money into the market, the more power that the the investment has to to, to carry us through and help, hopefully eventually create us some some passive passive income. So that's going to be a, a priority me. And and the second point is that we can't always necessarily guarantee that those ISA limits are going to be available to us. So there might be a change in policy. I'm not saying this is going to happen. So first of all, but with the Labour government coming in, potentially in uh, in a few years time, there may be some changes there. Who knows? Also, if you to move out of the country, you won't be able to contribute to your ISA limit anymore. And therefore, you know, every, every £20,000 you get, go for it. Try to fill it up. And it's more of a, a mental game. Myself and Arena, we have £40,000 to play with in our ISA limit. That's more more than we need. But for me, setting that target of, of 20000 helps me move towards that. Think, right, get as close to that as I, as I can. So that, that would be my encouragement to you as well. Point number eight, walking. I want to do more walking in 2023. I'm a big walker. That's where I do my podcast listening. Some of you may be walking right now or doing the washing up. Who knows? But uh, walking is great in London. Maybe not for your, uh, maybe not for your health, <laughs> but uh, I'm talking about the fumes, particularly on Marlebone Road. But it, it's great. It saves me a fortune. I love getting outside and it makes me feel alive. Out of all of the sports in the world, I was thought sport and um, walking was a, Coaching Conversation 2024. 
This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Was was a bit of a joke of a sport, but the more I do it, the more I'm convinced. And I, do you remember when I was wor- working on the cruise ship in the summer? I met a man who is 85 years old, and he was averaging 30,000 steps a day. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> Absolutely insane. So if we can take a page out of his book, we should all be do- doing a bit more walking in 2023. Point number nine. I'd love to be making more money from my coaching this year. And I say that in in a really sincere way. It's not that I want to fob people off and get as many clients as I can. The idea is to really make an impact with people and to help people and to teach the kind of clients that want to be taught. There's nothing worse than teaching someone coaching someone that just doesn't really want to to be there and thankfully since putting up my prices I don't really have many people like that now I really enjoy this this teaching and after having a chat with Brian from the frugal spender hello Brian if you're listening I'm wanting to 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 up things a little bit in 2023 and to try and get this this platform off the ground. I'm making a really decent side hustle income now, but I think there's so much more to be done. And uh, if I could get a couple of additional hours a week, that would be quite a considerable lift in income. And that could go towards my my ISA limit, for example. I've been running a podcast for the last two years and we've reached over 110,000 downloads now, which is fantastic. However, we're not doing so great when it comes to ratings and reviews, both on Spotify and iTunes. I have a grand total of 100 ratings and reviews. For those of you who aren't great at mental arithmetic, that is 0.091% of 110,000 downloads. If I was getting a return of 0.091% over a two-year period, I would be shutting up shop and moving elsewhere. However, I have a passion for this podcast because I think the message is important. These stories, the people that I interview, it's important that these stories are put out there. That's why I continue to come back. However, we're in 2023 now and ratings and reviews matter for the algorithm. So please do the podcast a favor, help the podcast grow by leaving a rating and a review. I hope in 2023 that that number is going to go up because it is shockingly low if you're not able to leave a review or if you already have. Thank you so much. But also share an episode with a friend, post it on social media. You are a star. Let's get back to the episode. 0.091%. Come on, let's get on with it. Number 10. I take it back. I take it back. I'm not going to fill my ISA to the full £20,000 because I would like to make some LISA contributions as well. Lifetime ISA contributions, which could be used towards your first home purchase or for your retirement from 55 years old, I believe. Don't quote me on that, though. And the reason for doing that is because at some point, 
within the next few years, home ownership may be on the cards. Now, that is not guaranteed, but Irina and I had a discussion. We thought, well, if we are to buy a home when we both maximise the limit, then that would be favourable to us. And yes, that's that's something that's on the, the list. I've maximised things for this current tax year. So going forward, I'd be looking to put in that £4,000 to maximise the, the, the LISA limit there. Moving on to number 11, maximising cash savings allowances. Now, I mentioned earlier on about how inflation has caused havoc. This is one of the areas that has really started to disrupt my financial plan and talking about sitting down and doing stuff, it it needs more attention. Before inflation was at its highest, you were getting vaguely the same amount on, on, on a current account and a savings account. It wasn't so much in it. Whereas now the difference between keeping your money in a in a standard bank account versus a savings account could be quite substantial. It could be a couple of percent in it. So then you've got to think, well, how long am I keeping this cash for? Where am I keeping it? And one of the frustrating things for me is I did love that the Starling Bank spaces. Everything was so clear. Everything had a place. Everything had a pot. And I've now had to move money away to, to different places. That inevitably takes more administration. And for someone like me that's self-employed, I wanted to withhold money for tax. And I, it's really important that I know how much is in my tax part. And everything is a little bit disorganized right now. So it's organized in the way that I've got money earning me a rate, but I want to have more of a system knowing which part is where and I need to do some administration on that. So it's great that we're getting higher interest rates. Fantastic. It's not enough to combat inflation. Shame. But more administration taken and uh, it's, yeah, it is what it is. So I would encourage you to, to get all that in order if you haven't done and talk to your family and friends as well, because if they've got money sat in a current account, that's going to be losing a lot of money. You'll find that people not interested in money have no, no time or desire to do this stuff. So your words of encouragement could be appreciated and lead to a little bit of action. So go for that, I would say. Number 12, paying bills annually and not monthly. Now, this is a habit that I've always had, but I would encourage you to think about doing doing the same. For example, car tax is a classic one. I've never even considered paying monthly for car tax. Why? Well, you can set it up as a direct debit. You pay more. So why do you want to pay more when you can pay it in one go? I appreciate that not everyone's in the situation to do that, so you've got to budget for it or find out that way to make it work. But essentially, by paying once a year, you're saving yourself a little bit of money. And perhaps it's just, at least in my experience, it's like pulling the the band-aid off. You've done it. I've got to pay my tax bill in a couple of weeks' time, and... I'm not looking forward to it, but I am looking forward to it because I can pay it and move on with my life. Having that hanging over my head is 
not a feeling that I particularly enjoy. So my logic is that I'll send it off maybe on the on the 30th of January just for, for it to arrive on the 31st. But if it's in my account, I can see it and I'm in control of it. I get a little bit of interest from it as well. And that's just my logic. I don't know if you agree, but that's what, how, I, how I do it. Number 13. Got to get a will done. It's so important to have your will in order. And I can't be the only one that's guilty of not, not getting this done straight away. I've got a solicitor that I would like to use, but they're not local to me. They're in Wales. And getting down there and doing it is tricky. So it's something that's should be an absolute number one priority, but it hasn't happened. And I've been married for, well, a while now, so I need to do it. Um, I do have a, a will already, just to clarify for, for listeners, but it hasn't been updated since I've been married. So please, yes, tap on the, on the, on the hand there, naughty Joshua, naughty Joshua. I will promise to get it done in 2023. Why should you get a will done? Well, it's really important that if anything is to happen to you, that these kind of things are are decided and formalized and don't assume that by not having a will that everything will just run smoothly because it can be really an absolute car crash. So I need to heed my own advice there and get on with it. Number 14, to renew insurance, not to renew, but to review insurance policies. That's travel insurance, income protection, life and critical illness. This can be a really important part of your financial plan. I read a an article in the BBC this week talking about how a man was in Thai a British guy was in Thailand and had a really severe accident. His travel insurance was void in this particular circumstance because he was on a long travelling holiday, so it seems you know backpacking holiday and his insurance policy stated that he would only be covered for 31 days in each country, and he stayed beyond that, had a horrendous accident, and of course his insurance didn't pay out. So with insurance, just make sure that you read those policy documents. I know it's incredibly boring. And make sure that you disclose any important information. So even if it's something like travel insurance, make sure you ex- you disclose important health information. You might think, oh, I'll just leave that out because it'll save me a couple of pounds. Don't do it because you will not be insured. (laughs) It's not the way to go. Income protection insurance. You've heard me talk about that before. I think that it's a really important insurance to have that is so undervalued. I have had income protection insurance for a few years now and I've claimed upon it twice already. So it's uh, an important insurance to have. What is income protection insurance? It protects your income. If you were to think that there was a cash machine that you would go to every month that would pay you £2,000 a month, sounds pretty good, right? Would you consider insuring that cash machine if it were to break down, become faulty? Probably, because you want that two grand a month. You are that cash machine. What are you going to do if you get sick and you don't, you're not able to work and don't have access to income anymore? Not a very nice thought, but that's where income protection comes in. I think it's 
Irina's got income protection insurance, I've got income protection insurance, and it forms a critical part of my financial plan. If you're if you have a family life, life insurance, definitely love definitely worth looking into. Critical illness insurance as well. Slightly different from income protection insurance. I'd recommend Meaningful Money, Pete Matthews podcast and Andy Hart's podcast, the Maven Advisor podcast. Both have episodes on these insurances. If you want to go and learn some more, they're financial advisors, they're experts, they deal with this stuff day in, day out. That would be my recommendation. Moving on to number 15. I want to continue to pay into my SIP and talk to my accountant to make sure I'm making the most of the tax benefits. So there's a little question that I have about next year's tax return and whether I'm just on the right page when it comes to SIP contributions. I know that question that pops up all the time is, when should I contribute to my pension? Should I maximise my ISA and forget about my pension till I'm in my 40s? I started paying into a pension at 28, a SIP, and just putting a nominal sum in, not that much, but it just means that I'm topping that pension up every now and again. Yes, I'm not able to access that money until in my late 50s, I think, because it's a private pension, not a state pension. But you get those those tax benefits, that tax-free money, and that's where you can really help you to compound the money. So I've always been someone that uh, sings the praises of pensions because it is it is free money, free money from the government. If you're in an employed situation, you're going to get free money from your employer. It's an absolute no-brainer. And just have a have a think about that for yourself. Seek some financial advice. Read articles if you want to know more about, about pensions. But for me, finding that balance between the ISAs, the pensions, it's important stuff. So go do your homework, please. Number 16, make sure you're paying national insurance to ensure the state pension allowance. Look, if you're someone that's striving for financial independence, you're probably not worrying about the state pension. But nevertheless, it's something worth thinking about. Andy Hart, again, does a fantastic episode on the state pension specifically and breaks down how it it can be a really important part of your actual retirement plan even for those that are financially independent it could be make making 30 to 40 percent of your your annual pension salary so keeping that in mind you're going to want to make national insurance contributions to log on to your hmrc account to see if you're up to date you need to make 35 qualifying years to qualify for the full state pension i believe but don't quote me that's just off the top of my head and Yep, that's all I have to say on that. Number 17, and the final point that's written down anyway, is overall health. Thinking about overall health, and I know that ties into the intermittent fasting thing, but ultimately, overall health means lower lower costs later down in life. Paying for medication, paying for private medical insurance, even though we have the NHS in the UK, whatever it is, it's going to cost you money in some way, shape or form. So taking, being proactive now, maybe even investing a little bit of money wisely could be worth it. One of the things that I was a bit frivolous from from my side, but it's been very eye-opening, is getting a blood glucose monitor 
and uh, it's it's fantastic. You stick it in your arm, and this thing is reading your blood glucose, and you can see what is your blood sugar doing before having a meal, after having a meal, what is spiking your insulin, and it's been really eye-opening. I now understand things about my body, which I didn't before having this this device, and it was £130, I believe, for the month. And uh, people with diabetes have it perhaps for the whole year. If something that I'm just toying with, I'm going to have it for one, one month or uh, maybe once a year or something. Who knows? But uh, it was something that is frivolous but helpful for overall health, perhaps. So that's my list. It was a quick one today. But I hope that there was something on this list that is going to give you a bit of a kick on the backside and you can go away and think about. If you have done all of these things, then congratulations to you. And you should go away and find your, write down your own things on your own list that you need to go do to make sure that your financial plan is in order. But be reminded that a financial plan doesn't have to be complicated. It can be one page. Just make sure everything is in order, and you'll be on the right path. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you do want to come on the podcast yourself, send me an email, theartofmoneysaving at gmail.com. That's theartofmoneysaving at gmail.com. I'm sure we can do something about that 0.87% of ratings and reviews to get it a little bit higher in 2023, and your your help will be much appreciated. Go check out the show notes where there's a whole host of referral codes or free stocks and little freebies and great, interesting apps. See you sometime soon, hopefully on a Wednesday. That would be good. Ciao. Now that the information in this podcast constitutes as financial advice, please make sure that you seek your own independent financial advice when it comes to any investing product. Take it easy, guys. Bye.